you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. In the 60s, people didn't get divorced. Yeah. Smell like they do now. Yeah. I mean, I can't say anything. I've been married three times. <laughs> <laughs> and every time somebody would have one of my kids, they'd get their tubes tied. So <laughs> I started taking that personal after a while. <laughs> But, uh, that's going at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have more information on our sponsors and events that are coming up with the Fort Worth Roots podcast at the very end of this episode. Real quick, we do want to highlight one of our sponsors today at the front of the episode, Woodpost Metalworks. You can go to woodpostmetalworks.com. They specialize in metal signs with or without LED backlighting, fence and gate repair, or installation, light steel fabrication, industrial plasma cutting, and more. We'll give you more information about these folks and our other sponsors, again, at the end of the episode. Uh, whenever you do go to woodpostmetalworks.com, you can use offer code PODCAST817 to get 10% off your purchase. These are local people, and uh, we're trying to keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. Go check them out. Woodpostmetalworks.com. And an event that's coming up very quickly, we've got the Psychedelic Panther that's going to be out there at Lola's this year, April 7th. It's a two-day event. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a really awesome time. Lots of bands, two stages, lots of vendors. Our friend Joe Guzman, who's been on the show several times, uh, actually there's an episode talking about the Psychedelic Panther with Joe Guzman. Uh, You can look that up in our catalog. It's labeled Psychedelic Panther. Joe Guzman. Anyway, mark that on your calendar. April 7th at Lola's. We will be there. The Fort Worth Roots podcast will be set up, doing little recordings and covering the event and doing a lot of shaking babies, kissing hands, passing out goodies. So come see us. April 7th at Lola's. Our guest today is a local legend. He did not start recording music until he was 60 years old. You can find him on Instagram as Bill Sibley Music. Just a really, really genuinely nice person. And uh, today we talk a lot about how his music is heavily influenced by uh, the road to recovery and things that he's gone through in his life. Just one really awesome story after another. It does kind of start off a little slow, but if you'll hang with us, uh, Bill has got some incredible stories that I, I just, I'm so honored that we got a chance to sit across from this man and uh, had these conversations. He also played live for us here in the studio. I think we got three songs out of him today. Really good stuff. I have to apologize for the audio quality. He uh, he has a harmonica, so he couldn't wear the headset. So the vocals on the, the tracks where he, he plays music for us here in the studio, uh, his vocals did not come through very good. But um, you can find all of his music on Pandora and all the other streaming services. And we will have a boatload of links for you to click uh in the show notes to check it out that is enough talking out of me thank y'all for being here and please give it up for our new friend bill sibley and let's start the show I started to do some research on you through social media and stuff, and the first thing I noticed is that you know all the people that I've ever talked to in the Fort Worth music community. <laughs> yeah. I could name drop and start rattling off people that I saw on there, but it, it just looks like you know everybody. Yeah. Well, I, I've, people's really been kind to me, and uh, 
you know, I started, like I said, when I was in my 50s playing, but I didn't start writing or getting out until until about eight years ago. I was almost 60 when I wrote my first song. Okay. You know, and now I've got two albums out, and I've got like 40 songs. And But the people have really been accepting in the music industry part. I mean, the music people... They're a lot more accepting than in, like, I've been in construction my whole life, <laughs> and those people are not as accepting as, as people in the music are, you yeah, know. A little bit of a different vibe, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, they, I met uh, Guthrie Kennard, and, and I told you about him, he's just, uh, he's played with everybody, and he's, he's just a really good friend of mine, he's had some health issues but he's fighting back you know and uh uh he's you know playing with him i've met a lot of people i met you know a lot of really great people but just being a songwriter you meet a lot of people too and 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 uh it's been it's it's been a blast because i've been doing construction my whole life and i didn't and to get to do this at at the end of my life or as i'm getting older you know it's really been a lot of fun you know to get to be around the people and all that you know that's probably the the biggest thing for me is to you know play music in front of people what got you to pick up a guitar at at 50 isn't that what you said 50 yeah i like i said i had the heart attack at 47 well did you have any kind of influences was there somebody in your life locally that kind of suggested that or did you have a, a somebody that you were listening to that made you want to pick up a guitar well my stepdad was um my my mother was married several times so but my last stepdad he was a jazz guitar player but i i wasn't a big jazz fan <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's okay i like all kinds of music but that's not my favorite yeah you know but <clears throat> but i started uh when I started playing, I was, uh, you know, I would just, it was like real relaxing to me, you know, and, and it was just kind of an escape, I guess, you know. Right. And uh, and then and it just kind of went from there. And then when I, my whole life, I've always felt like I, there was something I wasn't doing, you know. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but, but I always felt like that something was missing in my life and when i wrote my first song i knew what i knew that was it i mean i don't know i they're not great or anything i don't know but 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 uh well good enough that you walked into a you said a restaurant or a bar and you caught some some woman playing your music yeah yeah that's got to be the most sincere form of flattery yeah there (laughs) yeah i I mean and and it was it, it is that's the and uh, when you when you're playing a song and you look out there in the audience, you know, and you got three or four hundred people sometimes, and 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 you look up and you see somebody wipe a tear from their eyes, you know, there's no better feeling. There's not amount of money in the world that can pay you for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. because you're connecting with somebody, you know, soul. Yeah, you know, and uh, and that's really the right to it. I, you know. I don't do it to be famous or 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 to 
make a lot of money. I, I do it because I love it, and I love to, you know, I, I love the people, and I love just, you know, I envy people like I got friends that Buddy Whittington is a friend of mine, and and uh, and Guthrie Kennard and and Junior Clark and all them, you know, and and uh, I envy those guys because they've been doing this their whole life, you know, yeah. And and I I was I feel lucky that I got to find it you know a little bit of it anyway before you know in my life so have you gotten a chance to kind of <laughs> visit other cities play your music in other places yeah I was selected to represent North Texas in the International Blues Challenge in Memphis okay and that was a ball <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I went as the solo duo with my lead guitar player Bill Hudson, and uh, and then Shake Anderson went as the band with Buddy Whittington and and them guys. I mean, some of the best in the Metroplex was there, you know. And uh, we went up there and stayed for a week. They paid Trinity Blues uh, is uh, Trinity River Blues. Uh, uh, you know, put the thing on, and they they paid for our, our rooms and our stay and everything. And how long were y'all up there? A week. Yeah, but we got to go to Sun Records, you know, and go through the tour where Elvis was and all that stuff, and and then we uh, went to Stack Records, and you know, we did the tour of Memphis, and I got to play two nights at the King's Palace on Beale Street in Memphis, and. It, you know that was just that was a blast because it was packed have you been back up there since covid to memphis no i've uh heard a lot of people talk about how they were worried during the 2020 thing if those places were going to be able to make it because there was no tourism yeah so i just wonder what the landscape's like now well see we went right before right as covid had got to the united states yeah but not where it was yeah so you're probably yeah we, January, we were right February. we were a hair a hair in front of it yeah yeah you know and so uh but when we got back you know uh i'd done several radio shows did several knon shows and live radio shows and i did probably five or six and i played the house of blues and you know things are kind of taking off you know yeah <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden covid hit it went poof <laughs> right so you, you felt know? like you were building some momentum and yeah got it, the rug taken just, out yeah then it just died yeah yeah <laughs> but you know it, it was it was fun and it, it's kind of coming back slow but yeah you know did you do a lot of your writing uh during that time I, yeah, I did some. Uh, <clears throat> we got our uh, a, a little bit before that. We had gotten our uh, uh, our five year our our grandson uh, from foster care, uh-huh. and so he was almost two. So. Uh, We've had him since then. He's almost five now, and he's autistic. So that's where so, a lot of your time went. Yeah. Yeah. And working and stuff. 
but it I was still working so it kind of it took away a lot of a lot of time for me <clears throat> I'm not one of those people that can come up with a topic and write a song about it yeah if it don't come from inside I can't do it. So, I've tried. I've tried to do a topic, you know. Well, <laughs> you're all right. Somebody else say, you ought to write a song like that. So I'll, I'll sit and think about <laughs> nothing. nothing. So it, it's got to be something that's kind of happening in your life, something that just or kind just of occurs. something that comes from the heart. And, I mean, some of these things, I have no idea where they come from. Yeah. I'll just be playing my guitar, and all of a sudden, something will come and then it just starts kind of flowing out. It's so funny how many times you hear artists say that. And it just it just comes out. And, uh, you know, I change it, you know, because you've got three minutes to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you make it over three minutes, they won't play it on the radio. I mean, four <laughs> minutes, they won't play it on the radio. Yeah. You know, and so. Uh, but sometimes you have to shorten things and make, but but the uh, idea of the song, you know, sometimes they'll be five minutes long. You know, well, you can't do that. You know, trim so you have to trim it down. You yeah. know, and find the right words. But as far as the song itself, it usually comes out pretty fast. Yeah, you know, or pretty easy. You know, and I don't really have to work at it. What I have to work at is getting to that place where that song comes out. That's where I, you know, I'll I'll sit and say, okay, it's time to write a song. Because if I go a while without writing one, I start feeling kind of empty. Yeah, you know, I, and I and I know it sounds weird, but I I feel kind of empty, and so I'll start. I go okay, and then I'll start thinking about things and I write down. Sometimes I write down a whole bunch of junk that I never use. <laughs> You know, and they end up in a box somewhere. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, something will come, and I'll be playing my guitar. You know, I usually start playing. I'll play like 30 minutes, and then something will start coming out. But I have to start. I have to get that creative thing going before before I can. I kind of write a little different than a lot of people do. Now, did you say you're about to release your second album, or you have two albums out? I have two out now. And the the first and the second album, do they have themes to them? They're they're really a whole lot different. I know my voice. My voice sounds the same. I have no... I have no range at all. (laughs) None. This is it. (laughs) And and so... uh, uh, but one of them's a blues, kind of a more of a rock, blues rock. And the other one is more uh, Americana, kind of acoustic. Yeah. More of a songwriter uh, type, you know, a little bit deeper. Is that your second album? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a little bit deeper uh, than the first one, you know, as far as some of the things, you know, in the writing goes, you know. And what? this one's going to be even kind of a mixture between both of them your third album yeah yeah what what are the names of your first and second album first one is sweet rain okay and uh the song sweet rain is on there <laughs> i i had uh i grew up um in in the 60s people didn't get divorced yeah it's like they do now yeah i mean 
I can't say anything. I've been married three times. <laughs> <laughs> and every time somebody would have one of my kids, they'd get their tubes tied. So I, I started taking that personal after a while. <laughs> but, uh, that's going at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I grew up in kind of dysfunctional kind of a and and sometimes abusive stuff you know and so when uh when i was uh 13 uh we me and a friend ran away from home and uh uh, we took a school bus. <laughs> well, that only goes one direction, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, and some things happened. And, um, well, no, wait a minute. Did y'all steal the school bus? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were just catching a ride. No. Like, I know where that one goes. We were going to California. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> At 13? At 13. And where were you living? Cleburne. Okay. <laughs> Cleburne, take your bus keys with you. <laughs> well, everybody in Cleburne knows it because it stayed in the newspaper for a long time. <laughs> As I've been famous before. <laughs> I believe that's called infamous. I've been in the new newspaper before, but not for good stuff. <laughs> well, how far did y'all make it? Uh, out in the country, and we found this old house that nobody lived in, and uh, and uh, there was some uh, they had some junk in there, and we found I found six airplane bullets. Oh my god! Those great big long ones. Any aircraft bullets? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> those are artillery rounds. We'd build a fire because it was cold, and oh and, Jesus! And Bill. I threw them in the I threw them in the <laughs> fireplace to see what they'd do. I was thirteen. <laughs> well, guess what they do? <laughs> they Does it blow go up. Oh my god! <laughs> and so anyway, we were. I spent my first. I, I took my exams going into high school in jail. Well, roll it back a little. Did anybody <laughs> get hurt? No. Okay, but so it sure the house went to the ground. <laughs> so the sheriff shows up. Well, the highway patrol. <laughs> God. So it was yeah. So in other words, you know, I was a football player, and I, you know, I was pretty popular and stuff. But but then that happened, and it was just like I turned into a juvenile delinquent. Oh my God! And. uh so this you know, this is all when you're 13. Well, when 13, 14, and I just I start drinking and doing a lot of drugs and and uh, and I lived a pretty pretty hard life for the first. I got sober, clean and sober when I was 34. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what had happened? Uh, I you know I tried to quit and I tried to straighten up and I tried to do this and I, you know and I hated living. People think that drug addicts and alcoholics love living like want to live like that. It's not necessarily true. I hated it. I hated it. You know, especially the last several years. And uh, I was uh, I was me and my uh, second wife was uh, split up and I had taken my son back because I couldn't take care of him you know because I was drinking so and drugging and I couldn't drag, drag him down with me you know he was eight 
and I took him back home, and I was already told not to go back to Grandview, Texas. <laughs> oh, God. So they walked me out of town, the police did, through town during the middle of the day, and uh, uh, and the people would come out to the sidewalk on the Square, and this is right down through town. It's got a, it's got a red brick road in Grandview. I yeah. don't know if you've ever been to Grandview. It's still there, and the people would come out to town. I mean, out of the bank and out of the you know stores in town, and they was watching. The police had their lights on behind me, walking me out. Of Literally town. walking you, walking me out of town. Okay, <laughs> and so. uh did you have your car parked at the no, outside of town? A, I didn't what? have a car at the time. So how far did you have to walk? I had to walk all the way from the apartment complex by the railroad track all the way out to the highway. And then they, after I got on the highway, they, after I walked to the highway, they, they turned around and went back. Damn. But that's what that Sweet Rain song is about. Mm. because I was thinking back because when you get older and, and I've been clean and sober for 32 years now yeah, and uh, I, re- I got into recovery then but uh, that's when that was the day I decided I'd had enough yeah when I, on that day but I wouldn't I didn't believe I could quit but I didn't know if I could stay living yeah I mean, it was serious business, you know. And you know, it it can get so serious that you, you know that you're not afraid. You're more afraid of living than you are dying. And that's what it came to me, you know. As far as all the starting and stopping, deciding that you're going to quit, giving it a shot, failing, and then going back into that repetitious pattern of drinking and yeah. drug use again. Um, I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name. He's a comedian. He rolls around with that Joe Rogan crew, but he he said something that I think is probably going to always stick with me. He he says he he kind of like you're talking about. He was miserable. He hated it, but every time he would quit, he end up going back to it. He said he got comfortable with making mistakes or, or com- comfortable with giving in or something yeah. like that. It was less to do with wanting it so bad as is just giving up. You know, giving yes. up and going back into that cycle, and I just butchered whatever quote it was that I, I said was so substantial. But yeah, <laughs> but it was something to that effect. It wasn't necessarily that he missed it, so he ran back to it. It's that he got comfortable with fucking up, and I think that's yeah. more along the lines of what he said. And that's what it is too. Is 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 you can't fix what's in your head with what's in your head. Yeah, you know, and that's what it was for me. I. You know, I try. I would try to quick and quit on my own, but my, I couldn't. I didn't believe I could do it. And if you don't believe you can do it, you can't. Yeah. And and that's why uh, when I got in recovery, people show. All my life, people had told me, "Well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You just need to quit doing it." You just, you, you know. But nobody. Would, I didn't know how. Everybody's, you know, and, and when I got into recovery, people showed me how to do it. Yeah. So everybody had a solution, but it wasn't one that worked yeah. for you. What What yeah. was the difference in that last turnaround? What What actually got you to finally motivate yourself to to hang it up? And okay, it's gonna get dark. Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're ready. Come on, folks. I got home. I, I I told you they walked me out of town, and I decided I'm done. Yeah. 
In more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was living in this little bitty camper in between Alred and, and Grandview. And uh, out in the country, way out. It was out in the middle of a pasture. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of the little round ones, you yeah. know, the little tiny ones. Did you have water out there? Yeah, it had it had water, uh, well water coming to it. Electricity? But, uh, yeah, it, had yeah. Le- okay. it did have electricity. But I had uh, those little tanks for gas. Yeah, propane. Yeah, and it had one of those little uh, camper stoves that you set on the counter. Yeah. And uh, that night before I went to bed, I finished. I had a little bit of whiskey left in the bottle, and I finished that whiskey. And I turned that gas on and did light it. Light Just it. left it? And, and laid down. And the next morning, I woke up, and uh, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. I mean, it was the clearest day I've ever seen. <laughs> and it, it didn't have no shades in that little tamper, so it was just bright. <clears throat> and uh, and the first thing that came to my mind wasn't that I didn't die last night. It was that uh, uh, I, I drank that last whiskey and it had nothing to drink. What am I going to do now? <laughs> I was more worried about the alcohol than it was that I didn't die. And I went out and looked at the tank, and it ran out of butane in the middle of the night. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the reason I'm here now, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I went. Uh, there's At 67 and 35 in Alvarado, there's four ways you can go there. I walked into Alvarado from there, and I was sitting there, and I was going to – I was sitting there, and I was going to step out in front of one of them trucks. So you're still in a bad yeah. place the next yeah. morning. Yeah, I was detoxing by then. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was going to step out in front of one of them trucks. And uh, as, as I was fixing to cross over that white line to step out, I just thought came to my head, if it don't kill you, it's going to hurt. <laughs> A lot. And yeah. I, I don't mind dying. I wouldn't mind dying, but I sure did want to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and sat down, you know. And and I've never been a religious person, and I'm still not just super religious. But I said, God, I said, I got myself here. I said, either kill me or show me where to go. Yeah. And I got up and started walking towards Cleburne. You were a walking kind of dude back yeah, then. Yeah, I walked everywhere because I didn't ever have a car. They were always taking it away from me. <laughs> and I started walking towards Cleveland, and a seven-day Adventist preacher picked me up <laughs> and took me to a friend uh, that there uh, was an assistant pastor of church, and they put me up in the Greenbrier in Cleveland. Well, back then, the Greenbrier was a drug-infested and that's where I sobered up at. I went to a meeting that night. And, and what what was Green Bar supposed to be? It was just a junky hotel. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not now. It's yeah. really nice now. It's uh, uh, I can't remember what the what they call it now. They went in, fixed it up, made it into a real fancy place, but it wasn't that way then. Yeah. And uh, I started going to recovery meetings, and uh, I still go. Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't used or drank in 32 years, but I learned how, I learned how, you know, I learned, you know, you can't fix 
things that's wrong with you if you don't know what what it is, you know, and I learned, you know, what is it about myself that I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh did that guy that picked you up, the uh minister, did did he ever find out just how bad of a place you were in whenever he picked you up? I don't know. I don't know. I I can't even I I never I never knew I don't even remember his name, never, you know. That was a rough morning. And sometimes, though. you know, sometimes you can do things in life for people, <laughs> and you don't know that you may have saved yeah, their life. For sure, that's what you know. Just by being kind, wondering. yeah. Just by being kind, mm. and never know it. Yeah, I, you know I, that's been present in my mind a lot since uh, COVID. You know, because so many people that were hurting back then. Yeah, I mean, people are always hurting. Life yeah. is rough, but especially back then, divorce rates went up. You know, triple. Um, yeah. I remember seeing some kind of news story or article or a, a officer, and I don't know that this was Fort Worth, but somebody was talking about how the uh, teen suicide rate had tripled yeah. during 2020. You know, I mean, there was, yeah. there, so there was a lot going on, but yeah, to support what you're saying, you just never know yeah. what somebody's got going on. And and that's why, you know, sometimes it's a hard, it, some of those things, you know, that I, I write about mm-hmm. you know in my songs uh, I was going to ask you about that people that's... don't know that that's what I'm writing about a lot of times but but recovery is but, a big part of your message right yeah yeah. and, and uh, yeah, well you have to in recovery you have to look inside yourself you know and see and stop blaming everybody else and start taking responsibility for your own actions sure that's yeah. the whole thing is you have to you know you have to look not not it's nobody's fault but my own you know that i'm in my you know because if i blame it on everybody else you ain't gonna fix it so a lot of times these addictive tendencies are, are more of a, a symptom of a, yeah. a different problem maybe yeah yeah, yeah. it's a the dr- alcohol is is just a symptom of what's what's wrong with me yeah you know and and once I got into recovery, I you know, and started finding out what was wrong with me, it's, you can fix it. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, if 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 your car keeps messing up, you you know, you try to fix it yourself and you can't fix it, take it to a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody knows you what's know, going you know, on. Yeah. Well, you would be looking in the right place, dude. <laughs> but this many years later, and. uh you know, you're you're gigging. You're at a bar. You're at a, a venue, and they're serving up alcohol, and everybody's passing drinks around. Do you do you ever have a, a tinge of a desire there, or is it more of a repulsion? It doesn't. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't face me. Not not one way or the but other. But now, early on, I couldn't have done it. Couldn't have been around it. No. Yeah. But now, you know, it's been thirty two years, and I don't even notice people drinking unless they get stupid. You know, but. But I don't. That doesn't bother me either. Yeah. You know, it's just <clears throat> I still go to meetings. You know, because I, I realize that that it is. It's just uh, alcohol is just a symptom. But but I, that's why I always mention this. Like when I'm at a show or something, is is you know there is hope. 
and you know for people not to give up because i almost i I did give up you tried and i'm just lucky i didn't that i'm here today but you know i want people to know that there there's answers out there to get a hold of somebody and and don't get you know don't don't do it because because you know there is a solution to your problem yeah you just got to find it you know and make a call call somebody you know no matter who it is call them if you get to feeling like that yeah but i didn't i have a phone at the right. of that, yeah bill sitting on the side of the road back in his 30s was a different story yeah. but yeah but, it, but thank god somebody came by and scooped you up though because it might have been a matter of minutes before yeah. you figured out another way to try something creative right but i but <laughs> i've uh i've been married and had a child i coached baseball you know and and had a successful construction company for years and and then I got to play music, you know. Yeah. So I've had a since since I got sober, I've had a you know a really good life, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, just it makes you grateful, you know, for everything that. That's great to hear. We got a we got a little off track earlier. I was asking you about places that you played, and I was uh, the reason I was asking that is because I wanted to know if you. I already know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it. I wanted to know if you thought there was something different about Fort Worth as uh, compared to other places that you've played. You, know, you were talking earlier about Fort Worth musicians and the community just kind of uh, welcoming you in and, yeah. and allowing you to work through your process and learn to play music. Do you feel like you would have gotten as far as you did with your creative journey in another city? No, I think, and and see, I live in Cleveland, so there's nothing going on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing. And so Fort Worth, you know, is, is where I have most of my play. I play some in Granbury, but I play mostly in Fort Worth, and that's where uh, more songwriting is, is more accepted. Yeah. Because a lot of places don't want, original music and now i'll like that's all i play i don't even remember any covers (laughs) (laughs) it's been so long since i played them i don't i don't even remember them yeah and when i uh get a gig i tell people i do originals no Mm -hmm. that's all i do yeah i mean i don't have anything against covers it's just not your thing it's just not well with my voice you know I'm not going to sing Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> a little restricted, yeah. <laughs> or, or Jordan Strait. I'm always uh, surprised that, you know, any venue would not want you to play your own music. We were talking about this before we started recording, but there's a huge fine that comes with, you know, one of those people yeah. coming in and they're, they're doing on-spot audits to see if you're playing somebody else's music and they'll yeah. hit the venue with a huge fine. Yeah. So if I had a place like a coffee shop or a bar, I'd... I would love to just have original content. <laughs> well, there there are places that that's what they want you to do is play, you know, all, or, you know, originals as yeah. much as you can, you know. And then for, for our listeners that don't know, if uh, if the venue that you're at does not pay, uh, there's a certain organization. Do you know who it is? Yeah, I believe it's. I'm not sure. It says that ASCAP and BFMI. That sounds right. Yeah, and if you don't pay this fee to them, then they'll send somebody in there to check to make sure 
that you're not playing music that is yeah. i guess copywritten or sung by another artist uh, that somebody else has the rights to and if you do have an artist up there and they are playing this music then they'll hit your venue with like a five thousand dollar yeah it's pretty good and then every time they come back and catch you again five. i think it increases yeah it's ridiculous yeah and and, and the artists don't get the money <laughs> Well, they're not the ones getting hit with the fine, right? Uh, it's the yeah. venue. Yeah. But, like, you have to – I belong to ASCAP. It's the one that – it's mine because it's artist, more artist-owned, I mm-hmm. guess, or supposed to be. And there's BMI and there's a couple of other ones. But but my, my songs are registered through them. And yeah. You know, it's just – it's so that, like, when they play them, like, in Europe and stuff, but you don't – you don't get very much. You're supposed, I mean, you're supposed to get some money from that. Yeah, but it's yeah. not very much. <laughs> They'd have to pay over a million times before you get yeah. any kind of money. Kind of like you Spotify know. or Pandora. Yeah. I've got them on Spotify and, and iTunes and YouTube Music and Amazon Music and So all people that. can listen to you on all those? Yeah, they can buy all the, buy my songs That's and excellent. stuff. I've got, well, man, I think it's time to get that guitar out, don't you? All right. Let's take a quick pause and I'll start moving some stuff around. Okay. microphone i wish i could get it a little closer to you but that's about as far as we can go there oh is it i can scoot up if yeah maybe yeah if if you got room for it yeah my voice my voice and my heart my voice and my harmonica my harmonica is louder than my voice (laughs) it's real rough that's all right they know it's not studio quality we'll be all right all right all right do you want to just get it brother whatever you want to play for us now tell us what it is 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 this off of your first album second album? yeah this this song here is off my first album it's called sweet rain oh it's good the name of my first album. this is the one you were talking about yeah awesome and uh let's see yeah this is a uh, the name of my first album and uh the red bricks i i took i went to grandview and took a picture of that uh of that road that I was walking down the red brick road um, and uh, that's uh, the album cover too all this <laughs> oh okay <laughs> you, so you went and took a picture and used that for the album album cover of the <laughs> red brick road and it was really weird like 20 years to the day they have a stage out there a firefly stage uh-huh. and Uncle Lucius has played there and several really pretty good but uh, I was playing there 20 years to the day that they walked me out of that town. <laughs> and I was up on stage, and there was like 400 people there. Did you bring that story up during that? No. no? I, 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 remember, I was thinking, I looked at the date, and I went, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. So you didn't plan that? It, no. Uh-uh. Just happened to be. Yeah. So How about that? 20 years exactly to the day. <laughs> that's something right there. I don't know what that is, but that's something. It's so always when I did this album, I went back and took a picture of that road. Excellent. This is called Sweet Rain. Sweet Rain. 
soundboard it's a whole crowd <laughs> he doesn't have his headset on right now so he couldn't hear it but the folks heard it all right man that was incredible well, I appreciate and, it. and that one was written you said 2019 uh yeah somewhere in there yeah yeah so i'm not exactly sure what when that one was yeah uh <clears throat> i was uh i got uh in 2014 the first year i wrote i wrote like 
I was writing songs like crazy when I first started. I mean, they were just pouring out. And the first year I wrote, I was uh, selected to take the Troubadour Songwriter of the Year. And uh, For that song? I, no, for another one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there was a couple other ones that I did. And uh, Hal Ketchum, I don't know if you know who Hal Ketchum is. He was big in the 90s. Okay. A small town. They sang "Small Town Saturday Night." Okay, yeah, no, I know that. He one. had a lot of. He had some pretty good hits. And he, he came backstage, and I didn't even know if my songs were any good or not. <laughs> and he came back in the green room, and he told me, he said, "He said you can keep writing." He said, "You're a real songwriter." That's excellent. You know, it's a high rec, high high uh, commendation right there. Yeah, and coming from him, I was a you know, but. You know, Benny, because really, when you write your songs, you really don't know if other people's going to like it or not. And when I write, I don't really, uh, I don't really worry about playing them out. Yeah. When I write one, I, it's like I'll never play that. I'm thinking I'm not not ever play because <laughs> I've got songs I never played out. So it just kind of sneaks up on you. And and then then I've got other songs that I didn't play out for years. And then all of a sudden, I play them out, and people like them. It's like, well, dang, I didn't think nobody should have been playing that for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you got another one for us? <clears throat> yeah. If you get tired this of playing, is, let me know. This is this is a kind of a different. This is a. This is the more of a, kind of Americana song. Okay. I got. I play a lot some blues, quite a bit of blues, but I have. <clears throat> songs that are just that I wrote that's more Americana but this this one's another one that's kind of not all my songs are recovered a lot of them are just different things I've got I got one that's kind of a Halloween song it's called Skeletons in My Closet <laughs> <laughs> and then I got another song that I wrote about kind of bad relationships and it's called Crazy ass you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard the song, but it sounds very fitting. <laughs> yeah. You ever know where I'm talking about uh, me or so or my girlfriend? <laughs> <clears throat> but this one, this one's about uh, a couple of years ago. I had been in recovery. People are like family, you know. And, and uh, a couple of years ago, we lost some, had some friends that lost some kids to. Opioids, yeah, and it's it's big, it's a big problem, especially. In, and then you you have people in recovery that are that go back out and they don't make it back. Yeah, you know it makes it kind of worse because they, you know, you know them really good, you know, for years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this song kind of strange too because when I was going to do the album. When I was going to do the song, I was going to put it out as a single. And the girl, there was a girl in the group that she was real pretty and she had really long, kind of auburn red hair. She was real pretty. And I was going to have her do the out, uh, single cover on it. Yeah. You know, with a backpack like she was leaving, you know, town or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and we were waiting till uh fall came because the song's about fall you know there's fall in it 
and we were waiting, and it got real rainy, and they couldn't do it because we were going to do it out on two ninety nine towards Glen Rose, you know. Okay. And um, one ninety nine, but but uh, she went back out, and uh, she she passed away, and me and me and my wife were mm. were in at JPS with her when they unplugged her. And her daughter and her mama was there. God, so, boy, sometimes this song, and and so I get something. You know, this song sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah, but uh, but it, it was just, uh, and I I played this at her memorial. This song is the name of my first, uh, my second album is called Destiny. Just a stain on a pillow. 
teardrop fell Distant is calling Chin lines tears down her face I could see how you'd get choked up playing that. You get choked up listening to it. <clears throat> yeah, most a lot of my songs aren't real depressing, but some. Of them are. Yeah, well, life's not all. And knowing the story behind it before you played it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and life's life's not always fun, you know. Yeah, so, you know, but <clears throat> I, I bet people came unglued when you played that at the memorial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was weird because I was sitting on the, I had to sit on the steps, you know, where the, <clears throat> and uh, I was sitting on the steps, and her mother and her daughter were sitting on the front row, and I had to look down at the floor because I couldn't look up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine, man. Jesus. You know, I just couldn't do it because if I'd looked up there, I, I couldn't finish it. How old was she when she passed? She was 32, something. Damn, just she damn. was really sweet too, you know. She just and her daughter was eight God. at the time, you know, and they were close. That's rough, you know. Man. Yeah, it's just you know, and it you know it was it was pretty hard because because she used to come, she was real close. Like say where you get to be family, and she was real close. And she had spent Christmas and Thanksgiving with us, you know, her and her daughter and her mom would come, you know. So it was it was kind of a kind of rough day. Jesus man. Yeah. Man, that's a, yeah. so so tragic. <laughs> but you know, being in recovery, you you learn that, you know, <clears throat> you get to where you enjoy every day, you know. And so you don't know if the people around you are gonna yeah. make it through that recovery yeah right? or and, stick with it yeah and and it's you know but you and reco- that one thing recovery learned teaches you how to live life on life's terms you know yeah and that's that's what you know some people a lot of people what a lot of people do naturally People in recovery have to learn, <laughs> you know. And they which, have to actually work at doing it. And which aspect are you referring to? Well, acceptance. Yeah, accepting things the way they are, you know, and because in uh, a lot of pe- uh, addicts, and I'm sure everybody that knows an addict would, would agree with me, addicts are pretty selfish people. <laughs> yeah. You know, they must. We we must be important because that's all we ever think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, but, I definitely am not picking. Very sensitive people too. I'm not picking up any sen- uh, selfish vibes from from Bill. Well, you you learn. That's the first thing that you have to do, and and that's one thing big in recovery is you have to learn to give, give away. Yeah. To keep it, you know. Yeah. And and you actually learn how. And I know this sounds crazy. <clears throat> But knowing something and realizing it is two different things. Yeah. <laughs> Having yeah. the information. You can know people have feelings, but realizing people, other people have feelings is different. Yeah. The difference yeah. between reading a book and understanding a book yeah. kind, of, kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what I learned is, you know, I knew people had feelings because I'd see them crying, but I didn't realized that I you know when I hurt people yeah and I didn't realize how I hurt people yeah and then they retaliate and then I was like what'd you do that to me for <laughs> <laughs> you know clueless my life, what, you know I, re- I treat my wives or girlfriends like crap and then you know and, and then when they leave me it's like women are you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I had a friend one time that uh, we were sitting in his kitchen you know we was talking about it and he was in recovery but he he was struggling and we were sitting there in the kitchen and he was going I don't know women are just sorry and all this stuff you know he's griping about women and he said all women are, are Every woman, I guess, just no good and everything. And his son was like 10 years old. And he said, Dad, water finds its own level. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. And it, it's like, I looked at it like, like yeah, there you go, boy. <laughs> Damn, dude. Water Got roasted by his level. 10-year-old son. Yeah. That's it's a good like, one. There's some wisdom right there. That, yeah, that's a great analogy. Sure. <laughs> well. Well, you want to play one more, or have you had well, enough? No, I can try to play one. This is a, this is kind of a new one. Uh, I've got I got a lot of you know like rock and roll stuff and things like that. But this is kind of a new one. And is this going to be on the new album? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, Oh, you're breaking out the pick. Yeah. I noticed you were playing without one these last two songs. Yeah, I need a pick for this. Uh, well, I'll probably forget the words. That's <laughs> the way I usually, when I get a new song, I usually forget the words to them. <laughs> and, you know, and you wouldn't think that people that you you would forget the words to your own songs, but it's actually easier to forget the words to your own songs than just covers because you've been listening to covers for 30 years. Right. And you just now learned. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a song about uh, sometimes relationships work. You know, you know how how you go back, and sometimes you you get into a relationship and try to fix it. You know, and think, well, let's let's do let's try it again and see if it works again. You know, well, sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So. that's what this song is about. It's like, it's called Ashes. Mm-hmm. 
Don't know why that I still care. All the Lord's in charge. Life's just unfair. She talks in circles. And her came Tracing the steps to a pathway Yeah, back home It's been covered in ashes And left all the gone Soft eyes of sea reveals the pain. But honey, how deep runs the scar? Tears that can hide now in the drive. Seeks attention Gets dumped and tossed aside To defeat our submission Yet the hopeless can rise So lay down beside me girl You won't touch <laughs> that was amazing, man. Dude, 
you're really killing that guitar. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So it it gives me a little bit of hope because I I thought that in order to be a talented uh, a musician like yourself, you had to kind of grow up doing it. Yeah, and and I don't really I I try try to get better at the guitar, but I'm more. Uh, Guthrie, Guthrie, I learned a lot from Guthrie Kennard. He, you know, he's been playing for so long, and he's played in. But it's more about dynamics and try to get better at that. You don't have to know a million chords. Yeah. You know, uh, Mary Gachet, uh always says three chords in the truth. There you go. You know, it's all you need: three chords in the truth. And uh, you know, and so uh, sometimes you can over. I think. I can, you know, I I don't want to overburden myself with becoming a great guitar player. You know? Yeah, because it's I'm seventy, uh, sixty-seven years old. I'm not going to spend the next ten years of my life learning how to play guitar and not write no songs. <laughs> right. You know. You know. Just well, what, what you, you do know sounds great. Enjoy it. You know. Yeah. Uh, one time, I. You ready to throw the headset back on? Oh, oh yeah. Let's do that. Anyway, yeah. I interrupted you. What were you saying? Yeah, uh, one time when I first started learning to play, and I didn't know very many songs, but I was learning this one song, and it was somebody that had a really good voice. And my voice is, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, people ask me, how'd you get a voice like that? I said, a lot of whiskey and methamphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> Just cooked it till it came out just right. <laughs> yeah, you smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I would have smoked four, but didn't have time. You know. <laughs> God, you can't smoke four packs now. <laughs> no, you got to be I, a rich man to smoke four packs of yeah. cigarettes a day. Well, I quit after I had my heart attack. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll get your attention. Right? I always wait till the last minute to do something. But uh, but I was I was sitting in my office and I was playing this song and I was trying to I was trying to learn it the way that somebody I don't even remember what the name of the song is now but it was somebody that had a good voice yeah. you know, probably Eric Clapton or somebody like that and uh, my wife came in there and she went she's a nurse and nurses are are a little more very to the point yeah very to the point <laughs> a little more than what you'd like sometimes and she come in she said oh my god she said that sounds terrible <laughs> Thanks for the support. <laughs> and she said, "She said, quit trying to sound like everybody else." Well, that's a good. Yeah. And she said, "Just play it the way that you want. You play it." Yeah. And and said, it hurt my feelings, <laughs> so I put my guitar up and didn't play it for about a month. You know, I thought, man, I suck. <laughs> you know, I suck. I ain't never gonna be any good at this. And <clears throat> and she didn't mean to hurt my feelings. She would just give me. You know, her advice, and uh, and uh, I, about a month later, I picked the guitar back up and I learned the song. But this time, I learned it the way that I would want to play it. Yeah, and it was like it opened up a whole new world to me. Yeah, came out probably a little better that time. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and it, and if and I told her, I said, whenever you know, uh, I said I would have never wrote a song if you if you hadn't told me that. Yeah, because you know, and sometimes you have to take criticism for what it is, you know. Sure. And, uh, and 
And uh, Steve Seskin told me, uh, he he wrote Life's a Dance. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's wrote a lot of different songs. He's a really good songwriter. And he told me, he said, you got to be yourself because everybody else taken. Yeah. I've and, heard that before. Yeah, and yeah. I've heard that, you know, I've heard it since. But, I, but when he told me that, <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> and for me... You know, it it just I have to I have to play it the way that I do it. You know, because yeah. because I have I have like I said I have no range in my voice at all. <laughs> well, you've made quite a name for yourself. I I saw that by by looking for information on you, and uh, you, you're definitely somebody that the community appreciates, and uh, uh, you've you've gotten the attention of all the people that I know inside the. Uh, Fort Worth music circuit, so uh, it's it's obvious that you've got their respect too. So you, well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Well, it means a lot to me. It really does. In in, in you know, in personal level, for to to for just to be around some. We played at the Post. I played with Guthrie and uh, and Jim Hinkle, I'm James Hinkle, and uh, uh, um. Oh gosh, I can't remember now. Uh, Jesse Spaulding, Spaulding, and uh, Jacob uh, uh, Fur, Fur, yeah. And uh, I mean, just to sit on the stage with them, with them people was like, you know, was, was that's maybe, its own reward, yeah. Yeah, and it's like I looked, I was sitting in the middle, and I'm looking over both sides of it, and I'm going, oh my gosh. <laughs> A lot of talent on that yeah. stage, and, and just uh, they're just the best people in the whole world. You yeah. know, I just love being around them. You know, and Ryan Thorpe, you know, I, he's he's a really great guy, and Buddy Whittington, and and just all them people. They're just really. Well, really I hope they listen things. to this. I hope they get to hear you complimenting them so much. I'm sure they'd say the same about you. Well, I, I hope so. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just glad that you know how. I appreciate them accepting, you know, how accepting, you know, me they are, yeah. you know. So, yeah. well, do you have a place that you gig at pretty frequently, or or any residencies? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I play at a lot of different places, you know, because, like I said, I, uh, I, I do a lot of song swaps with different people, and I play with Guthrie Canard a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm playing, I'm playing with him next week in Denton. Okay. And uh where at? uh shut me. Hmm. Okay. It's a restaurant and, and uh and then uh I don't I didn't I didn't get have a whole lot of stuff set. I play a lot in Granbury and and then I play at Lola's um I've played at Lola's. Have you been to the new one? Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah, I'll do too. I like what they've done out We've there. got some good spots, man. And you named off two of them, the Post and Lola's. <laughs> Those are great little spots. Oh yeah, I love and and the sounds real good at Lola's. And, Did you ever and, play at Mass? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, that was, that's still I a sore subject. And the Grotto, I played there. That was, you know, that was a good place, yeah. too. And where was the Grotto? It was over there off West. It's not far from West 7th. I can't even remember exactly the... But it's over in that arts district. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what street that was on, but it's it wasn't far from the old Freds, you know, and and Magnolia and all that. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. We've uh, we've lost a lot of really uh you know iconic spots yeah. lately. Mass Especially being, over there. They, they Oh fight. yeah. Well they destroyed seven. Yeah, you know, it, I was, mean, it was yeah, it's just it was kind of a it, it it was Fort Worth's best kept secret there for a minute, and then it got really popular, and now it's just it's annoyingly overrun by, yeah, children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was I pulled up there one day. This was a few years ago. We was playing at Fred's, and and I, and it's like, you walk around, and it's like they have playgrounds for adults. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're talking about the previous friends. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, go, I mean, across the streets yeah. and stuff, and it's like, it looks like playgrounds for adults. And, and, and some of that stuff, I'll be honest with you, Bill, some of that stuff was fun. Like, I think, didn't they have seesaws out there at Kung Fu? Yeah. Kung Fu Saloon, I think they had some, yeah, I know they did. And, uh, you know, you walk into something like that, and you're like, holy shit, that's a seesaw. <laughs> Try to keep me off of it. I'm definitely yeah, no, getting I'm on the seesaw. It. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And, uh, and really uh, could, how know. many awesome fails uh, did people catch on camera for their social media yeah. content? You know, watching drunk people go ass yeah. over tea kettle. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, when I was a, when I was a teenager, we'd get drunk, drunk and go out to the river and jump off of trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. So some of that stuff's fun, but, tree, you know? <laughs> but it brought in a crowd that you just you don't want to be around. Yeah, you know? and and I guess I'm getting a little old, I guess. But like Bodega was a really cool little spot before everybody found it. Yeah, you know, there's there's all these little yeah. cool spots that were, you know, uh, kind of I don't know revolutionary. It was a yeah. new idea. It yeah. was a it was a fresh spin on something. Yeah, and then it you know. People found it. It got popular. And yeah. So how how do you avoid that? I don't think you can. Not in a city the size of Fort Worth. Yeah. Now they're going to put up a bunch of a uh, hotel buildings over there. I guess. Yeah. Apart maybe apartments. They've already got a ton of apartments over there, but yeah, they're just going to keep building and building. Well, like over in Dallas too. Uh, I played some. I played the Deep Ellum Lock Festival last year. Oh, They're yeah. done with that. They're not going to do that no more. Is it because Deep Ellum turned into an absolute cesspool? Yeah, and the, and the parking over there. The last time I There's was no over parking. there was twenty six dollars to park. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean you're going to pay at least fifteen in Fort Worth, right? Yeah, it's like that's a lot of money to park. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, last time I parked a vehicle in Deep Ellum, my uh, truck window got bashed out and they stole my camera yeah. bag which should not have been laying out in plain sight yeah. but since then i decided if i'm ever going back to deep ellum i will take an uber yeah because you know? i mean yeah. with parking being as expensive as it is, as it is the risk <laughs> plus are you gonna have a couple of drinks yeah you probably are so except for people like yeah. bill who yeah. will not have a drink but <laughs> yeah and it doesn't bother me for you know people to like I said i'd it's just there's some people that can drink and can handle it. I'm just not one of them. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, long story short, if you're going to Deep Ellum, why take a vehicle? Mm-hmm. You don't want to. You want to get dropped off right in front of trees or wherever else you're going to go to, right at the door, so you don't have to be walking down yeah. those streets. And then you want to get right back into that Uber and get out. You don't yeah. want to be walking around Deep Ellum. No, but you know it was really weird. Uh, I was planting cranberry, <laughs> and uh, I set my a bag of cords. I had, I shouldn't have had all them cords in the back of my truck. 
I mean, with me. I did. I, I carry. Sometimes I carried too much stuff. You're just talking about your guitar strings. Oh well, no, they were chords. Oh, uh, oh, okay. For, for like your amp. And, yeah, yeah. You know the XLR chords yeah. and the, and my guitar chords. Right. But I had like a band. You know, when I play with the band, I used to have a carry. You know, somebody's chord. So I had like, you know, eight guitar chords and probably ten. XLRs and my bullet mic for my harmonica and then I had a amp mic in the, in this little bag kind of like the bag that I brought here yeah and and I was helping the girl that I was we were playing in this place in Granbury and you don't think in Granbury that you're gonna get your stuff <laughs> right and and I I went in there just to help her get her amp out uh-huh. and when I come out that bag was I had set it in the back just to go help her right away oh, shit of course my D twenty eight was locked in my truck because my guitars I always locked them in the truck yeah I don't turn them loose but but this bag I got to looking and and these chords because I like the chords that I brought today they're they're kind of the flex they're like thirty four dollars a piece yeah they're not cheap and there was like ten of them <laughs> and then that had my xlr chords and they're like forty dollars the long ones you know and i had a whole bunch of them and did it but they got me for like 800 bucks oh my that, god bill that worth just in that little bag no. <laughs> it was like i didn't the next day i did i had to go to the guitar center to buy a guitar cord to play with shit <laughs> That's awful. And and I was sitting there going, I was figuring it up on the way home, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's eight hundred to a thousand dollars I got just out of that bag, and my monitor was sitting right beside it. They didn't touch it. They didn't touch it, and it's like I would have much. They probably got twenty dollars for all them cords. Yeah, (laughs) I would have rather took the monitor. It was only a hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Damn it! You just got to be careful, you know. It's when you. It's when. But you would have never thought, like in Granbury, that somebody would right take yeah. something. But you just never know. You just got to be careful with your equipment all the time. Humans can be tacky animals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being on the show, hey, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it so much. Have, appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, and you're always welcome here. In fact, we're you know I kind of showed you around the studio. I made you sign that non yeah. non disclosure agreement yeah. when you got yeah. Here. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we, what we you might, see here, what you say here, <laughs> right? We, we we might do a like a singer songwriter thing, you know? Like yeah. uh, there's a place on Camp Bowie. It's a bar. I can't remember the name of it, but they do a, just a Wednesday night round a campfire. Oh yeah, uh, Dirty Water Saloon. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah you ever I, go out there? Yeah, I played there with old James Norrid. Yeah, I know I, him. I He's like been on the show. James. I like old James. He's a good guy. James does he, some he, really, and he really does good a guy. lot for for music here mm-hmm. in Fort Worth too. You know. Yeah, I caught him at a uh, singer songwriter that Joe Savage was putting on over Joe, there. Yeah, on Seventh Street, the uh, playground. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's still there or not. I haven't been on Seventh in a minute. I hadn't been there in a while. Yeah. But anyway, Joe was doing it uh, on the other side of Magnolia Motor Lounge. I can't remember the name of that place either, but they had a fire. And so he ended up doing the singer-songwriter, I think it was Sundays. He was doing it on Sundays. Anyway, doesn't matter. But that's where I met James Norwood and a bunch of other awesome people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like James. He's just a really nice guy, too. Yeah. Well, we might do something like that here. Maybe yeah, that'd be fun. Once in a while. Get I'll some people come. together. 
I'll have uh, I'll have a cooler full of, full of beer and a, a coffee pot going. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring my tea. I'll bring my tea something. with me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can find where can excuse me where can people find your music? Well, it's on Spotify and uh, iTunes and Amazon and all of, all of the uh, streaming. Okay, are you and, on Bandcamp? <clears throat> I'm not positive about that. I okay. know there's a whole bunch, a big, a big list of. Well, I'll that. I'll find as many of those links as I can. I'll put them in the show notes so people can click on them and and see your music. And then when is your next album dropping? Well, I'm not. I hadn't really decided. Uh, probably sometime later in the year. Have you started recording yet? Well, not well. I've got some of them already recorded, but my studio's where I record at. It's Roughwood, and he's he had sold his place, and mm-hmm. he's it used to be where the ranch was out there between Mineral Wells and Weatherford, okay. where the ranch radio station yeah. was. But he's he's moving it, and he's building a, a new one. It's, so it's Roughwood Studios. And okay. on, uh, I mean, there's other really great places to do it, but it's just that's a place I feel comfortable. Yeah, well, you know that's, that's where I started recording, and so you know. I just I've always felt comfortable with him, yeah. you know, and it, it's important. To we just had a uh, another studio open up here in Fort Worth called uh, Blackstone. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I've seen that. I'm supposed to go out there uh, next Saturday. I'm going to record with Fort Worth Music Academy and Sean Russell. Yeah, that's so that'll be a good good little recording. But I'm I'm excited to check that place out. I like Fort Worth Sound too. That's a pretty neat place. It's it, I haven't been in there. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they they do recording, and, and yeah, I've heard of the Blackstone, and I recorded in Tyler at the uh, uh, Rosewood Studios. Okay. You know, that's for uh, uh, Miranda Lambert, I think. Okay. Record there and yeah. different ones, but uh, I'm a big fan of studios. Like I, they just they've got a good vibe. Oh, I love to go in the you studio. Know? I love to go in the studio because it's just. You know, it's just, uh, it just feels good. But, you know, one of the best songs that I ever recorded that came out the best, I thought, was one where we just all went into the big room uh-huh. and and, and pl- played it right yeah. there. You That's know, awesome. played it live right there. And, yeah. I mean, it turned out really good, you know, because, uh, but, you know, it's, it's pretty good to, to make you know have it all mixed and all right. that too but nice but it's clean of, pretty yeah but there's a little bit of you could feel the difference a yeah. little bit and yeah. once it, where everybody's in there together yeah i know uh uh joe over at cloudland studios is that right yeah cloudland they're here in fort worth and he uh he does a lot of analog stuff and there's a there's a different texture to the, the sound coming out of analog rather yeah. than all digital and yeah. he, he recognizes that too so he tries to stick with i, I think analog as much as yeah. he can yeah so. yeah i just uh, i just you know and i get really good musicians to play on uh, josh rogers plays and he's a, he's a fantastic drummer you know mm-hmm. and i have uh milo deering's played on some of my songs he's a he's he's really great and guthrie of course plays bass and and we've had different ones play on different songs cool. you know different people i like you i like it because you get a little different feel Just collaborating with all sorts of different musicians yeah, yeah. it's pretty yeah. neat though that is fun 
Well, uh, you know, if you, if you got time for it, whenever you uh, get ready to release that album, you can. We've done this with one other artist where we went through the entire album song by song, kind of talked about it a little bit. Yeah, that'd be played fine. some on the the recording. So, if you want to do something like that, we'd we'd be yeah. down. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love to do that because right. I got a couple of songs that I've that I've already that are on another album, or you know that I'm gonna kind of redo. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, I just started, mm-hmm. and then I started recording right just right after I started writing. And there's some of them that I wished I'd you know you wish you'd have done it just this way and add. Yeah. You know, I might add some vocals, female vocals to some of them, and cool. and and different, you know, slides and. Different that that'll things. all be on this next album. Yeah, but Very then cool. there's some new, you know, quite a few new songs. Yeah. It's going to be on there too, but there's going to be some re- redone, some of my other ones, you know, too. So. Well, hurry up and get that to us. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. All right, Bill. Well, thank you so much. I do again. appreciate it. Absolutely thank you for having me, and, and our door's I'm always working. open. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Fort Worth Roots, thank y'all for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right, Bill Sibley, thank you for being on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. I mentioned this in the episode, but you are always welcome to come back and share as many stories with us as you would like uh, any old time. Thank you, Bill. Uh, There were a few moments (laughs) sitting there doing the... uh, editing for this episode where I got a little choked up um, that song that he played for his friend at the either mem- memorial or funeral I can't remember which one um, has some very touching lyrics and I would encourage you to go listen to the actual uh, music on Pandora or Spotify there will be links in the show notes so it's easy to find them um, I, it just you could not hear the vocals very well in this recording so I apologize for that I'll have to come up with a solution for somebody that is playing a harmonica and cannot use the headset. Um, we're learning things here at the Fort Worth Root Studio, and that's uh, that's one of the things we learned. Anyway, great stuff. A very talented man. Didn't pick up a gu- well, yeah, didn't pick up a guitar until he was fifty. Didn't record until he was sixty. I think he said. Getting started late in life, but uh, w- which is cool to me because I I just I see these talented artists and I just always assume they've been playing guitar or whatever instrument they're playing since they were a child and for most musicians that's true but not for bill he picked it up late in life and is making some very incredible music and not only that he's found it to be kind of a connecting fiber with the fort worth music community and he's plugged himself in i don't know all of it's cool but you just heard the episode so i'm over explaining all right, let's talk about these sponsors here. WoodPostMetalWorks.com. We talked about them at the beginning of the episode. Go there and use offer code PODCAST817. These folks do all the stuff with plasma cutting, and they do a lot of signs for businesses around town, but they can also make you some really heavy metal, badass custom stuff for your house. Uh, so check that out. Look at their website, because I never do... A hundred percent wonderful job of describing this stuff, but keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets and use these sponsors. We are trying to keep our sponsorship one hundred percent local. I had a gentleman the other day try to uh, wrangle me into a a national audience with uh, a company that works all over the U.S. and I was like, "Look, man, I appreciate it. 
But I'm trying to do something a little different here. Uh, we want to keep those dollars in them Fort Worth pockets. Yeah. So anyway, go check them out and get 10% off by using offer code podcast817. One more time, that's woodpostmetalworks.com. Hauk Walker, I'm breathing funny. What's what? <clears throat> I'm okay. We're good. Hauk Walker Originals. <laughs> Go to HaukWalker.com. They offer a huge variety of unique and personalized gifts. Also, laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. Uh, again, that is HaukWalker.com. Both Woodpost Metalworks and our friends at Hauk Walker Originals. These are just really, really sincerely nice people. And um, if you are looking for a business to support, which I think... Nowadays, as the economy starts to slow down and America is getting ready to become a second world nation, you know, we're having trouble accessing basic things like food and water. Um, we're going to have to decide who we want to support. And uh, rather than buying all your crap on Amazon or Walmart, going to Walmart and picking stuff up, there are wonderful people inside our community that are, you know, producing products that you could not only uh, support a local business, but come up with a really exceptional gift idea. Something that nobody else is going to have. You can make it custom. You can put a little extra love into it. So for a birthday party, you want to show up at uh, Second Rodeo here in Fort Worth. Uh, no, not Second Rodeo. We wouldn't go there. We would go to Pouring Glory and we'd have our birthday party at Pouring Glory. That's what we do. And you want to show up with a really badass gift for this person that you're throwing a birthday party for, you would go to Hawk Walker Originals and you would find something custom. And if it wasn't exactly the way you wanted it, you could call Angela over there at Hawk Walker Originals and you could say, hey, I really like this one thing, but could we make it a little more like this? And she'd be like, well, yeah, I think we can do that. Just cool stuff. Okay. Now, the whole imaginary scenario that I just made up for you. HawkWalker.com. They offer a huge right. We already said that, Andrew. You don't have to repeat it. Anyway, go check them out. HawkWalker.com. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk. I have been putting out videos and all sorts of information uh, on the social media sites for our buddy Darren um, because there was a really weird storm that blew through here the other day. And right before that, I think a week earlier, there was a little hailstorm that blew through here. But the amount of damage that the wind storm caused and then this little tornado scare with some hail in it that caused some damage too i think there's a lot of people that are needing to take second looks at the roofs so anyway i've been pumping out all these videos with darren talking good stuff about roofs and whatnot um but this is the guy to call i don't i'm i'm failing today i'm not doing a good job of talking about this stuff but darren Hauk, my friend our sponsor at Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck is the gentleman to call if you think you have any kind of damage up on your old roofer there uh, on top of your most important investment. They do a... What's it called? Roofing tune-up. <laughs> I told you I'm not doing good today. All right. <laughs> the roofing tune-up... Uh, which you get for 50% off because you're a Fort Worth Roots podcast listener, you can uh, give them a call and Darren will show up with a caulking gun and maybe a can of paint, a spray paint, and he'll get up on your roof and he will reseal the uh, pipe jacks and things like that. Uh, points of entry that just need water entry. 
points of injury that uh, just need some attention on an annual basis. Because when it's 110 degrees outside, that caulking that goes around your pipe jacks wears away. gets all, you know, flaky. So you need to replace that. If you're not doing it, that's okay. Don't feel bad about it. But call Darren. He'll do it for you. And uh, great time to do it. Just had some high winds. I, I think somebody said 90 mile an hour straight line winds. That sounds insane to me. But then driving down I-20 towards Weatherford, you see all these road signs that are just, I mean, snapped off of their posts. They've got these big metal, like, H, what do they call that? It's not angle iron. It's like an H sticking out of the ground. H iron? Anyway, looks pretty heavy duty. And the wind just snapped it off at the base. It's kind of crazy. I didn't know wind could do that. But uh, if you think that the wind did that to a sign and didn't damage your roof, just take a look at it. And if you got any idea that there might be a problem, give Darren a call. Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck, 817-692-8496. I hope Darren or any of our other sponsors don't hear this episode because I just totally butchered everybody's information. But you can get Darren at 817-692-8496 to all my sponsors. I'll do better next week. I promise. And the individual that is probably responsible for my busted concentration today, Scott, over there at Pouring Glory. Wonderful establishment, wonderful food. And what I'm going to do, I asked him today, I was like, do you, have you started listening to the show since I started talking about Pouring Glory? And he's like, no, no i got a pretty busy schedule. i got no time for no podcasts. It's like, okay, Scott, I get it. There's no hurt feelings here. Uh, no, hurt, no hurt feelings whatsoever. Promise. But he hasn't heard the show since we started talking good things about Pouring Glory. But what I'm going to slow pitch to him is, hey, man, we need a Fort Worth Roots podcast discount. Yeah. Maybe he could, like, one item on the menu say, okay, this thing right here, the Gouda mac and cheese, 20% off for Fort Worth Roots. (laughs) I'm, that's not a thing yet, folks. Don't go asking about it because it's not a thing yet. But come on, we could do that, right? It's going to have to be a conversation that we have with Scott. And he's going to be a little leery of that discount because I'm in there twice a week. <laughs> he's going to lose money on us. So anyway, I don't know. But go check out Born Glory if you haven't been there. We're always doing stuff there. Um, I'm working on two events now. Three, three events out there at Pouring Glory for the year of 2023. It's going to be good stuff. I'm really looking forward to it. I love being out there because the folks are just super awesome. What does that mean, Andrew? It's just a comfortable environment, and uh, they're nice people. I like being in comfortable environments around nice people. I'm also very picky about what kind of underwear I'll wear. Now you know all those things. You're welcome. Pouring Glory is located kind of off of Main Street, just off of is that Lancaster I think so Rosedale or Lancaster Rosedale anyway you remember where Mass was and it's now Cicada well if you were standing at what is now Cicada and you were looking to the west excuse me the east there's a building there right in your way right across the street from Cicada well if you were to just like he-man smash that building with your palm flatten it out like a pancake right in front of you would be pouring glory i've said enough things today right 
I need to get back over to the computer and finish this thing up. Okay. All right. Events, real quick. April 7th. You heard me talk about this a minute ago. Psychedelic Panther, April 7th. Come out there. Put it on your schedule. Come see me. It's not an option. I'm not asking you. You will be there. Okay. Now, the thing that is an option is uh, are you going to bring one dog or two? Actually, I don't even know if they're dog friendly. I bet they are. Just bring your dogs. And that's not an option either. Bring all of them. Don't bring one. What, what are the other pets going to do if you just bring one dog? They're going to wonder all day, you know, where that dog's at and why they didn't get to go. So bring all the dogs. 420. It's on a Thursday. We're going to be there too. Boring Glory, not Lola's. April 7th is at Lola's. And then April 20th, 420, that is at Pouring Glory. You can absolutely bring your dog to that one. Whether or not you'll be able to take him off the leash is up to Scott. Um, that's also not an option. You have to be there as well. You listen to this podcast, so by law, by maritime law, it is required that you make it out there to the 420 event at Pouring Glory. It's going to be good. Uh, Denver Williams is playing, and there's going to be a couple other bands. It sounds like Scott is still ironing out some details. But take it easy. It's okay. we got some time for this. All you need to worry about is what, what kind of hat you're going to wear. It's a hat day. Everybody's going to be wearing a hat. So pick out a good hat. And then be there. April 20th. It's a Thursday. For the 420 at Pouring Glory. And then, of course, our main event. Our main event for the year, probably. River Oaks Spring Fest Car Show. That's our homie Darren putting this thing on with the help of a lot of uh, local organizations. Last year, they had somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people show up to this. And right now, today, if you're listening to this, um, you can probably still get vendor space. I can't imagine anybody that does vendor booth events not wanting to go to this. Last year, there were 88 vendors. This year, there's definitely going to be more. We didn't have any analytics go off last year. So that is going to be April 22nd. It is at YMCA Camp Carter and it is called the River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. They've got a website, Facebook, all the good stuff. Easy to find. All right. Jesus, that's it. It is a Sunday for sure. I was telling somebody today, Sarah, out there at Born Glory, that I am, man, I'm, I'm getting whooped. I'm going to have to find a new method for making this happen because we're two years into releasing an episode every single Monday. And I am starting break <laughs> I gotta gotta come up with a, a thing some kind of system here I need a co-host I need a co-host that can like take over once in a while here you do it this week it's not gonna happen it's all me I got this anyway I'm doing good let's uh let me give you that phone number I put it on last week's recording the uh somebody left us a voicemail so whatever i think this is episode 130 129 we played the uh the voicemail that somebody left us and it was really ridiculous but you can also leave us a ridiculous voicemail 817-988-1292 but if you leave us a ridiculous uh voicemail you're gonna sound ridiculous just so you know because i will play it fair warning Okay, we talked about sponsors, we talked about events. 
Did we talk about how much I appreciate you? Thank you for listening. Um, the analytics for the show are through the roof. I don't know what happened. I really don't. But we've got a lot of people listening to the show. And that's relative. Relative to the last two and a half years, we have more people listening to the Fort Worth Roots podcast by a lot. Relatively. To the last two and a half years. So, whatever you guys are doing to support us, it's paying off. And I appreciate it very, very much. It's the only reason I'm able to keep going on these Monday episodes. It's not too much work. It's just a lot. But I do it for you. Because you keep listening. Thank you. And uh, if you really want to support the show, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And give us a like. Give us a like and then share us. Share us to your friends. Be like, hey, look, there's a local podcast doing all sorts of cool stuff. I'm going to tell you this because it's at the very end of the episode and I don't think too many people listen all the way to the end. But you do because you're a super fan. We've got the Fort Worth Fire Department and the Fort Worth Police Department um, on the schedule to sit down with us here in the studio. April 7th. And I'm really excited about this recording. I don't like telling you stuff that hasn't happened yet because there's always a possibility that it might not happen. So, um, But I just really wanted to tell you that one because it seems like a big deal. I really like it. And we're going to try to... I've already talked to them about this. We're going to try to work something out where they've kind of got us on speed dial. Anytime they want to talk about PSA, like information to the public or whatever... Uh, they can use Fort Worth Roots as uh, an avenue to get information out to the local people. So, anyway, I hope that works out. I hope people like uh, Dustin and Stubbs and Javier, you know, are real wild cards. I hope they don't say anything to scare off people like that, you know, with their craziness. What am I talking about? I don't know. I'm, okay. All right. All right. We're out of here. I'm going to close this up, finish the editing, post it, and it will be ready for your Monday ride to work or whatever you do. Some of you people don't work. And let me tell you something. I want to get on your level, not having to work. I'm not mad at you. Just tell me how you did it. Okay. That's it. I love you. Have a wonderful week. And we are going to be releasing another episode this week with... Uh, the uh, Tips and Obermiller band uh, Hillary and Steve um, have an event coming up like March 24th so I had to expedite this and we need to clear the backlog anyway so we're working on it um, so at least by Thursday evening you're getting another episode this week and next week is looking to be about the same yeah Burnout's a real thing, brother. And uh, I'm j- here's my solution. I'm just going to push right through it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. See you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. What was that? I tried to call you back and went straight to voicemail. Oh, I went to call one of my other friends because you, you didn't you, pick up. You don't have other friends. Let's be. Honest. I have other friends.
not not like me. You don't have any friends you like me. Son of a well, you're right. I don't have any other psychopathic fucking friends that I've been friends with since I was a child. Psycho- You're correct. Psychopathic. Expand on that, would you? Cody Hawford from Abilene, Texas. Yeah, yes, I would stand on that. I, I fucking... Yes, I, I said expand it. on it. Oh, expand. Yeah. Expand. What makes me so crazy? I mean, you hang out with murderers, people that train to fight people to death. I don't do that. How am I the crazy person? Yeah. You're the type that would kill somebody if you got into it. You would be the type that would get too into it and fucking not let go when somebody taps. That's what you, kind of you, you, you know. Are. You know why? Yeah, because you're I, a fucking no. coward. No, because <laughs> I can't fight. I can't yeah, fight. Exactly. You know, you you yeah. could you could subdue somebody. In order for mm-hmm. me to survive, I'd have to kill them. <laughs> I can't. I can't fight. The only way. This is the way. This this is the way. Murder. This, this is Murder. the way. Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian quote. It's so great. It's mm-hmm. a great show. I enjoy it. Well, I was uh, I was jumping into the editing, or excuse me, the uh, the recording phase of tomorrow's Ooh. episode. Whenever you called, so I was standing right next to the roadcaster, and the reason I didn't answer the phone is because I didn't have the Bluetooth hooked up yet. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, welcome to episode 130. Oh, am I part of the episode now? Yeah, I just, I just, you're going to be on the Bill Sibley uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> we're live! <laughs> we're li- yeah, you are. You're a psychopath. And uh, everyone should know that. He I think, is. I think most people know that. Yeah. Has anybody, if anybody has watched the new Jeffrey Dahmer show, I do not eat Daph people. Andrew. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a meat eater for sure, he's, but he's every bit of that, just without the eating people. <laughs> That's not nice. Yeah, yeah. Secretly, no. <laughs> what is the laughter? <laughs> Everyone's laughing about the people that you, you trick and you murder. What are you, you talking about? Them. Yeah, you You're... trick them to hanging out with you, and then you. Drug him up and baseless, whatnot. Your baseless accusations. The man you're talking about went under a different alias and lived in Abilene, Texas. I'm Andrew Turner, and I live in Fort Worth, so there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah, he's lived several places, everyone. <laughs> he's That's moved. him covering his tracks. <laughs> he's moved an uncomfortable number of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. Yeah, for, for real on that. For the same reasons, because, you know kill enough people you gotta switch locations after a while none of what you're saying has anything to do with today's episode so i'm gonna need you to keep it topical please oh oh, what's the topic rain it in buddy fort worth music which you know nothing about Fort Worth music (laughs) i don't know anything about it at all except for those people that i met they seemed really nice who did you meet uh uh the the couple the couple and he plays the uh the the box drums okay. she sings and plays yeah. guitar you're talking about late to the station are you she's, late to the station they're great that's Paul and Carrie and they Paul and Carrie I'm they terrible have my name. heart yeah so that yeah. was the September event yeah they're awesome we're doing that again this year will you come back I will I will come back awesome Bring I will people. come back and support and get probably have a few too many drinks and embarrass you 
because that's what I do. You should stay the night. We should get you a hotel room this time. Oh, oh, instead of driving back? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hundred yeah, percent. Maybe <laughs> in September. I guess I can plan that far ahead. I, you know, it's funny. It seems like a really oh. long ways away, but I know it's going to come really fast. Oh, it's gonna quick. Really April, I'm really nervous about because we have three events in April to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's here. A- April's here. I don't care what you say. It's here, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not prepared. I'm not at all prepared. You're never prepared, really. Uh, you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. That's he, true. That he that, does that, that and you you pretend like you have everything planned. I try to plan. I do try to plan. I really do. No, actually, I think you do a lot of planning. You just fucking freak out because yeah. it, like you don't have a plan. You act like you don't have a plan, but really, you've been thinking about it day and night for <laughs> a year. Yeah, a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, because the first yeah. time I I. I want to say the first event we did was with uh, um, Psychedelic Panther, that that event Mm -hmm. with Joe Guzman. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) dude, I showed up with my own power generator. Like, I I literally had more shit at my little 10 by 10 station than anybody could have ever possibly needed. But the thing is, they had a power supply issue. And that generator ended up saving the day. Like, I powered the outdoor everything. The stage, the soundboard, the lights, all of it off of my little what generator. Happened, what happened to the normal rem- source of power? I can't remember what the issue was. It, I, I want to say it was like they only had enough extension cord to run to one plug, and maybe everything they were trying to run off that plug was... You know, tripping the breaker or something. I don't know. But they were like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. We have to have a generator. Holy shit, this guy brought a generator. <laughs> so, uh, I always get this guy's name wrong. I think it's I think it's Ryan Higgs. He's a really nice guy, but he was like, yo, man, if, if we could if we can run your generator, um, drinks are on me. I'll, I'll take care of your tab. And I was like, oh, you just fucked up, son. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get... You could have bought a generator. <laughs> yeah. No, I I, uh, I was actually pretty respectful about it. I think I only had maybe oh, four, terrible. four or five drinks over the course of an eight to ten hour period. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have been wearing my throw up. <laughs> All right. He has a throw up tie on. Look at him. Oh God, that's Very not a tie. Distinguished it's businessman. Not a, it's not a tie at all. That's actually stomach acid eating through his shirt. Ooh. <laughs> so what are you doing oh, today? What are you doing now. this uh, beautiful Sunday? Uh, it's my last day with the kids for spring break. I took off all week. Hanging out with them. They're driving me crazy. No, nah, not really. I mean, they're fine. It's gross how much you love your kids. It's disgusting. They're awesome. <laughs> they're, you're supposed to love your kids. I mean, they drive me nuts. I mean, I think our kids drive us all nuts. But, you know, you can't help but not eat them because of whatever chemical in our brain that stops us from doing that. Isn't there a thing about that? Like, the reason that we... Uh that that we get overwhelmingly excited about really cute babies is because we're trying not to eat them. Isn't there something about that? Oxytocin. Oxytocin, and that's that's a chemical that is helping us fight the urge to eat them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, no, folks. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, you could take that to Google. Yeah. I promise it's yeah. true. Sure. We've never probably, Googled it. We heard it not. one time on a podcast and we just wrote it down as yeah. fact. No, no, we heard it in a in a stand up bit by uh Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan, I think. Yeah. God, yeah. Man. He puts on a good live show. I wish we could catch him at a smaller venue. We just have to make the drive to Austin. He's always playing small places around there. He has his own place there now, which oh. is pretty cool. His own comedy place? Yeah, yeah, he opened his own club. Oh, dude, why? How have we have? What are we? We haven't been there. How is that even possible that you know this and we haven't made the trip? Uh, I mean, right. I'm a fanboy, but I'm not that big of a fanboy. Yeah, but we're big enough fanboys that we should have made that trip. Sure, All I right. bet it's hard to get in. So, what? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Here, that's good. Oh my there lord! Yes, lots of laughter. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Nobody oh. even laughs. You know what? Nobody would even laugh. They don't even know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a, they, they'd be like, "Who's Joe Rogan?" That's what they would say. What do you and mean? He, there's actually a reason to know who that is. I'm saying just most people in general. No. Like what percentage of the world really? Okay, like all right. He Wait. seems like the slow, biggest deal to us because we listen to podcasts and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I watch no. UFC and no. we're into comedy. Listen but. to me, listen to me. He's got several different avenues. If you're into comedy, you know who Joe Rogan is. If you're into podcasting, you know who Joe Rogan is. If you're into MMA, you know who Joe Rogan is. Yeah, I, I still think. And if you like that awesome sitcom with uh, Phil Hartman in it, you know who Joe Rogan is. Oh yeah, you think what was it? News radio is the one. That's the avenue. I love that show. Joe Rogan is. That's how. Well, get out I, I was of here. A, I was about to say that's how I know Joe Rogan, but that'd be a lie. I know Joe Rogan from You're Fear. He's a liar. I know him from Fear, Fear Factor. Fear Factor. Yes. That's how most people know him. Yes, 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 yes. But then I went back and I watched news radio, and uh, he he. I I don't know. I thought he kind of sucked. Because that's how big of a follower you are. You're like, oh my god, he's the podcast fool. No, I'm, I'm more go of a watch his sitcom. I'm more of a Phil Hartman uh, fan, really. Out of that show, Phil Hartman you know? was the main character. Well, well, you know, shouldn't cheat. Just saying. Shouldn't no, cheat. Oh fuck, Cody! Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know, Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife. Did she stab him or shoot him? I think she shot him. Yeah. There's like a whole documentary. There's several documentaries, I think, about that. But, like, he was coming to work, like, concerned. Like, he had fear in his personality for, like, the last six months of his life. Like, he kind of knew it was coming, I think. It was awful. It was really awful. You all have no... Was it theory like a scorned woman? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. But, like, I didn't know he cheated on his wife. Is that what caused that? Something like that. I don't know. You know, just let me. More baseless accusations by Cody Halford from Abilene, Texas. <laughs> Had something to do with it. Are you in a bathroom now? No. We I'm gonna, in. We're going to get a solid my, recording of you squeezing one out? No, I'm in the foyer of my house. It's I'm a foyer. Foyer, whatever. I'm not French. You animal. I'm, a, I'm American. I, I'm supposed to mispronounce. Words. Yeah. Well, That's, you got that right. Go. Yeah. Hey, what do you call somebody that speaks more than one language? Bilingual. Right. Right. Or yeah. And what do you call somebody that only speaks one language? American. American. That's right. That's correct. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you have to say to folks listening to this weird uh, addition to the Fort Worth Roots podcast here at the end of the episode um, with Bill Sibley? Don't trust a word that Andrew Turner says. <laughs> Why? Because you can't trust anybody from Abilene, Texas? No. No, because it's Andrew. As much shit as I talk about and Abilene. Take it from somebody that knows him very well. As much shit as I talk about people from Abilene, it is actually a really good community. Lots of lots of good people. Minus you, of course, you asshat. Look, I'm the only person that likes you enough to forgive you for all the terrible things you've done. That's true. I've done a lot of really bad shit. All right, that's enough time for uh, the We Are All Out of Time. Have a good evening. All right, I'll see you, Cody Albert! Did you sit there through the whole thing? No. I just said my hands are full of groceries at the end. <laughs> I had you Like that that was my reasoning for <laughs> still being for not hanging up. All for right. staying on the phone still. Alright, we'll take care of your shit. I'll see you. Alright, goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs>